Good evening. And now, the Inspirational Quarterly. Hello and welcome to Tarsanus and you, uh, excuse me, uh, welcome to the Inspirational Quarterly, the world's only podcast dedicated to reading the world's only book, Starcraft Ghost Nova, the 2006 novel by USA Today bestselling author Keith R.A. DeCandido. I'm Davey Reedon and joining me today is Kara Ellison. Hello, Kara. Hello, and also your cat who uh, also also wants to join in. Yes, he'll probably swing by again from time to time. <laughs> well, I mean, can't blame him because, you know, who who wouldn't want to be able to read so that they could read this novel? And, I would uh, be, exactly, if I were him, I would be pretty upset that I couldn't read, exactly. you know, because, yeah. because I'd be, be missing out on StarCraft Ghost Nova. Exactly. That was a yowl of pain from your cat who wanted to right. express to you. Right, you right. You know, existential, right. existential anguish of not being able to read Ghost Nova. This explains the years of anguished howling from him. Right. For a long time, it's been kind of a mystery, like why he screams so profoundly at such random times. Mm-hmm. And now it's all, you know, in re- retroactively making more sense. Right. Yeah. I mean... I I am there with him. I am there with him. Um, gladly, I can read, and I'm reading today. It's very exciting. Uh, before we get on to reading, we have another uh, segment in our ongoing field reports from intrepid uh, reporter in the field, Subsurian, who oh, has who has come back with another report for us. I'm very excited. Uh, let's hear from Subsurian. Uh, hey, Davy and Kara. Uh, caught up on the Inspirational Quarterly. Enjoyed the last deep dive you all did. In terms of Mal's complete lack of progress for six months. <clears throat> all right. It never bugged me all that much just because everyone seems to know Mal's completely bungled that whole case. Granted, you do bring up the great, great point of it would have been nice to see what Mal's actually been doing those six months. I do blame Mal more than Larry there, since Larry was just feeding him logs and basic information, assuming Mal would do the absolute bare minimum research on the neighborhood he was searching. Which is pretty large. Tarsonis City is a mega city. However, Subsurian does, again, confirm what we were saying here, the absolute bare minimum research on the neighborhood he was searching. So. That's like pretty wild. I mean, at least worth a Google now. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the six month time skip itself has been a major sticking point, though. The entirety of StarCraft One and Brood War take place over the course of one year, and the six-month time skip this book shows takes place just between two missions in the first campaign. So it's added to the confusion of trying to plot a proper timeline, especially when the parallel book, Liberty's Crusade, says that period was actually just a couple weeks. Later published timelines streamlined the time Mal spent wandering and not being a cop, thank you again, to just over uh, to just a bit over a month which does help make Mal's abject failure to find Nova feel less extreme while still pretty clearly being a failure. If it makes you feel any better, Mal somehow gets less accomplished in the sequel book. Honestly, in there, he serves more as a damsel in distress that Nova has to rescue and an element to tie into Nova's old life when she gets her memories back. I think more so he's loved just because he's pretty likable as a character rather than his elite detective skills. Right. Aww. I love that he does less. Yeah, and also I'm loving that he's like he becomes a damsel in distress because it's clear to me, especially in this book, that Mal is just like frankly rubbish at everything. <laughs> well, we I I think where we here we, here's where we where we started with Mal was he's the guy who does things, you know, yeah. in a world of people who don't do things. Here's someone who does things. And where we're at Mal, where we're at now is Mal does nothing. He does zero. And then the future is Mal actively undoes the work of others. <laughs> yeah. He is he is downsliding his way through the 
through the uh, protagonist uh, effectiveness re- chain, uh, just as uh, the further the time goes. It's so interesting, you know, because this book has basically turned out to be a book about screw ups, you know, like people who just Mm -hmm. totally screw up everything, including Fagin. Like there is no one I would say in this book that is remotely competent, including Nova herself. So especially Nova, like like her being like one of the least like, you know, people doing stuff. So to comment on that, Subsarian goes on here a little bit. The conversation on agency is a rather fun one, though, because you're right. I've long said this is really a book about Arcturus Mensk and the events that lead to him as a dictator, in spite of the fact that he's only briefly in the book. And also why I knew I was in for a ride when in the first episode you mentioned he was probably just some world building. And I think naming this book Starcraft Ghost was a bit of a mistake. It's way more involved in the first StarCraft game and has barely anything involving Ghost. It's a bit of a cynical look at, at how when a society has just fully failed the vast majority of its people, it'll be willing to turn to strongmen dictators with promises of change and security. Sadly, a topical, uh, more topical commentary now than when it was written. Nobody's able to enact any meaningful change on the society they live in until someone comes in and violently rips it out by its roots and replaces it with something arguably worse. And I think the fact that everyone acts more as forces uh, acts more as forces are pushed on them rather than taking initiatives that change the world around them works into that theme. And Nova serves as a good framing device in her one-sentence mind, mind reads of everyone around her, since you get a quick glimpse into everyone's lives before Armageddon. It's everyone either going through their motions or struggling to make any meaningful dent on the world they live in before it's washed away. Meanwhile, everyone's been so worn down by the inadequacies of the Confederacy, they outright ignore the the signs that it's coming. Uh, It's funny talking to friends of mine and they're split on the book exactly how you mentioned. Those like me who picked it up way after Ghost never seeing the light of day was uh, never seeing the light of day was a foregone conclusion tended to be more positive on it. But there's a lot of people who picked it up expecting a glimpse into what StarCraft Ghost was going to be, and they were let down. But usually people who dig into the books are more interested in it for the world building and the universe rather than seeing aliens fight humans, which is something we can already see over and over in the games. So this book was the point at which they realized books should be the stories that you can't tell in an RTS campaign. So I think that people are, so I think now that people are able to come in with better expectations of what the book is, fans are more willing to dig into it as a cynical look into the last days of of the Confederacy. But it being released as a StarCraft ghost book was was a bit of a mistake, especially when so much was teased about the Metal Gear-esque conspiracy of that game's story that this book has zero to do with. And finally, says, as for Fagin, there's more to come with him probably with major developments in the coming episode. So looking forward to that. And uh, that's our report from, from Subsurian. Amazing uh, context there from Subsurian. I feel like... We kind of called it, honestly. Like, I think that, I think that we've, we exactly nailed down the particular divide between how StarCraft fans would interpret a book like this. Mm -hmm. Like, they do want to know all these details and, like, the things that aren't going to be clear from all of the combat in the game. So, um, I guess in some in some manner, you know, like, all of this, even the stuff, you know, when we're reading the um, fanfic, um, what is it called? Breeding the Queen or something? I do know that. Yeah, I do remember that. Remember? Yeah. And I do remember that, yes. It was entirely, for a long time, entirely about the details of the ship, the situation, the context, how long mm-hmm. it takes to get from A to B. Um, all of that stuff was really important in what is supposed to be a piece of pornography. So it's quite interesting, you know, like like the the pipe systems, like, you know, and Subsurian was like, well, obviously that's not how pipe systems work in the StarCraft universe. Um, I think probably we should leave a comment, by the way, just just like a really... Oh, we should definitely do that. You know, um, it, it, it occurs to me suddenly that porn is much like video games in the sense that when people write written literature around it 
there's an expectation that it simply recreate the things that is in other media. But in fact, the writers of these, of this literature want to explore the larger world around the thing that can't otherwise be, be just recreated in the core media. Do you know what I mean? And it's definitely not the first time either I've heard people compare video games to pornography or I myself have compared video games to pornography <laughs> because it is definitely, I think, there are lots of things that are, I think for video games, it's very much about, um, you know, um, an act, a set of verbs. And obviously pornography is also that except you don't often get to actually participate. In smaller smaller number of verbs, generally. In, yeah, smaller in number of verbs. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't often get to participate in pornography unless you're like in the V-Arcade. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, you are. You're doing, you're, doing, you're doing Netflix's choose your own adventure pornography well, game. The last thing about that, right, is that it's video games plus pornography. So, you know. It's the best of all worlds. Exactly. It's video games. When will someone finally combine video games, pornography, and dense world building? I mean, to be honest with you, there are a lot of people online, and I only re realized this recently, that there are loads of people with a Patreon um, who um, are really great animators, and they make most of their money by having busty video game characters do it with each other um, at a particular you know, fan request. And they animate this pornography, um, usually with like, you know, a voting system. People vote on like what, who they want to see do some other ca character. And then um, they put that up and they make a lot of money from it. And then sometimes they even make it interactive, as in like they sometimes even put a game up on Steam based on those systems. So um, you'd be surprised actually how much people try to combine the two it's a really interesting i mean there's part of me is like should we investigate this for our next podcast <laughs> it's really interesting um because i think there are loads of people who are making like you know not like a lot of money but a considerable living doing just those things um mm -hmm. and there you know i think there are people who probably otherwise could have lucrative day jobs making like animating things or not pornography so there must be something fun about it you know yeah right um yeah it's, prob I, I, it's probably more fun the more invested you are in the world yeah and i think so and i think that's actually it's really the reason i bring it up is because it's related to this in in some sense where we're talking about world building and the reason that people want to see these characters sleep with each other is because they already know the context in which those characters sit so for example if you want to see um to um so like two Final Fantasy characters uh, sleep together, then essentially what you're doing is you're evoking the Final Fantasy universe and having two worlds clash as well as, you know, their body parts. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's really interesting because they do bring- Cloud uses Buster Sword. Yeah, like it's like story baggage comes along, you know, and, um, and- Never mind. I, I was going to make a terrible pun there. But essentially, um, I think it's really interesting. And it's kind of in the wheelhouse of what we're talking about, which is obviously people find the details of these worlds almost like pornography themselves. You know, it's mm -hmm. almost like a kind of um, fascination with how the world works mm -hmm. um, and not just yeah. how parts work. <laughs> yeah, but also that it's... Part of but also it. that as well. But also that. But also yeah. that. Indeed. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it. It's. It's. It's interesting. Like the more context we get in, like I wasn't expecting that we were going to get into this book and have it be a whole revealing a whole thing about the nature of world building and fan expectations and everything. But here we are. Here yeah. we are. I mean, um, I think that fans have a very high standard and the more they complain online the more you want to please them right so i think that's well, start of ghost was a very anticipated video game yeah like i remember it being a really big deal 
Yeah, and I remember hearing about it as well because I feel like the ghost character in the RTS itself was really interesting also. Mm -hmm. So I remember thinking that should be... I mean, I always expected it to be kind of like Deus Ex, right? Where it was like immersive sim, stealth elements, that kind of thing. And the game that they... I guess the game that they started to advertise was just like pure third-person combat, which was bizarre to me, I think. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Immersive sims very expensive to make and quite difficult to make, so I guess maybe they they might have brought the scope down or something. Anyway, shall we get on anyway. to... Uh, thank you, Subsurian, by the way. I honestly did not even think about some of the things that Subsurian had mentioned, such as this is not a book about Nova. Like, Right, right. We're, I, th- I think that feels pretty... Yeah, I think we're at that point now where it's... Where it's pretty abundantly clear right well i mean it's 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 clear that it's not about nova but it it was unclear as to whether it's about ghost nova the game i guess um oh yeah and actually him specifically stating that it's a miss it almost like it was misnamed because really what they were trying to do was cash in on that game that's so interesting to me it's it's a it's like a lubricant to get to, to get more general StarCraft lore in the door, right? Yeah, and it's I, like I going. To, yeah, I wonder to what extent that Keith knew that too. Like, mm-hmm. do you think that Keith? Do you think Keith knew that it was going to be ultimately just a Manx setup, or I don't know. Well, Kara, I think we. The only way to find out is to ask Keith when we, whenever we get him in. And here he is, Keith R.A. DeCandido. No, he's not here. But uh, we have a section of our podcast called Ask Keith. Uh, it's time to ask Keith. And every time he's not here, but we'll ask him eventually. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to write, I'm going to make this note. Uh... This is like this is an actually informed question about the StarCraft world. Like, did you always intend for this book to just be about Arcturus Mensk and not actually really about uh, you know whatever? But like all of our other questions for him, like I'm going through my others and they're like, who is Frobeat? <laughs> Frobeat. Oh boy. So I feel like this is the first question I've written down that's actually like paying attention to the book. <laughs> well that's because Subsurian gave us the tips so really yeah, that is definitely is true no, we did kind of <laughs> like, well, I'm gonna take credit when Keith when we ask this to Keith I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know I, I intend to frame this as something that I sat down and thought up on my own yeah I mean I wonder if we could have Subsurian and Keith on at the same time ooh ha- you know here's something to think about have you ever seen Keith and Subsurian in the same place in the same, same place no yeah. I haven't yeah very exciting so think about that yeah uh, alright we're on chapter 15 of Starcraft Ghost Nova we are we're on chapter 15 uh, page 232 um, yes. and I am reading today uh, which is very exciting um, we we kind of go into a news report um, which we got halfway through last time but it's so good I think I'll just reread it yes again that sounds great. great yeah welcome to Tarsonis and you the show that gets behind the news to tell you what's really happening in the confe- confederacy I'm your host E.B. James the latest reports coming out of Antigua Prime indicate that the alien Protoss have engaged the alien Zerg in ground combat with Terrans as ever stuck in the middle here to discuss these latest developments with me are Edward Heddle, aide to Counselor Shannon, and Jennifer Schlesinger, who covered Antigua Prime for UNN before being forced to evacuate following the Sons of Korhal's takeover of that world. I don't know. It sounds quite <laughs> a lengthy introduction. Is that really how it works on new- on the news? Or is it more kind of like, hi, uh, would you introduce yourself? <laughs> yeah, no, I... Yeah, I don't feel like that. This doesn't feel. I I feel like that. Here's the thing: when people, when when like news commentators, when political pundits get on the horn and you know introduce themselves, I feel like they don't. Like this is where I'm talking about. Like in in our news programs today, I might be wrong about this, but I feel like they don't start with their 
cheesy marketing tagline about the show. Maybe yeah. I, maybe I'm wrong, but like the show that gets behind the news to tell you what's really happening in the Confederacy, that doesn't feel like a political pundit kind of opener. I guess it is a little bit like maybe it could be like a really trashy UNN because um, it reminds me of you know like Fox Local. Have you ever seen Fox Local? No. I mean, good, well, well done, frankly, because Fox Local <laughs> is terrible. But um, Fox Local is like really funny because it's a bunch of like just like you know terrible kind of formats, and um, and then you know like they, there's a, they always have like the cute ending to the story, which is like you know a squirrel water skiing or whatever, and you're and everyone's supposed to be like, oh, that's so cute and like hilarious, and you know it's all a bit cheesy. So this kind of is to me a little bit like that where it's kind of trashy um yeah. normally they're just like i'm your host eb james and joining me edward heddle and then edward heddle would introduce themselves but obviously this particular intro has some context work to do for the reader but, but the, i feel like i feel like this host is experiencing a sort of dissociative episode between being you know, like uh, Dan Rather and Ryan Seacrest or something. Like, you know, like he's experience, like he's whiplashing back and forth between being, you know, on 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 the you know the entertainment channel versus being on CNN, right? Yeah. And like he's, he's like, not he's not sure which channel he's on. Yeah, he's having like a fucking crisis or something. And like, like, I imagine like he has like a like a producer in his ear who's like telling like maybe they're like live chat they're live toggling which which network this is broadcasting out to, and he's being yeah. like told in his ear, you know, all right, we're on Bravo now. Okay, now we're on home home garden home garden network. Okay, all right, we're all right, we're on all right, we're on CNN now. Okay, we're on HBO. You know, get some get some tits in there, um, uh, Mr. James. You are on UNN. <laughs> <laughs> Please tamp it down. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, I, there you I, go. A run for some reason. Okay, so for some reason, when he said his name, E. B. James this is the host. I was trying to figure out why did that make me? Why did that give me a feeling? And then I was like, oh, right. Because it's almost EB Games. Oh yeah, Video James. Video James. <laughs> Video James is hosting this show. Video James, yeah, he's the guy, the one guy. He, he invented video games. <laughs> he's the inventor of video games. All right. So who is listening to this news story is the big question. I know you're all thinking at me right now. Are you thinking it, Davey? Oh my God. Can I guess? Yeah, guess. Is it Constantino? <laughs> oh, dang. He's dead, dude. Oh, he's dead. When did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I missed, I missed that completely. Can we oh, start man. this book over? Can we reread this what book? Because I have forgotten. I have forgotten everything that's happened so far. <laughs> that's a major faux pas, Davy. Major. <laughs> um, uh, I'm gonna have my StarCraft fan alt mega fan card revoked, aren't I? Embarrassing. Um no, it is in fact it's Fagan. Fagin. He's alive? He's alive. He's, he's <laughs> well. He's creating chaos wherever he goes. Um, Fagin paced quickly in the back room. He'd grown weary of number six. He simply wouldn't do what Fagin said to do, which meant he had to go. Fagin decided he was better alone anyhow, but he still had a ton of nervous energy. You don't say. So he put on UNN, hoping it would give him a distraction. Unfortunately, they were showing one Who of the- Who the fuck watches UNN when they're horny? I know, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe it's like taps down your libido because it's so like terrible. That's true. It's so, yeah, right. But then they're doing, but then it's like, they've got this Ryan Seacrest dude in there, like talking it up. Like, anyway, I don't know. Is it Ryan Seacrest? Because like I would love for E.B. James to be like Ryan Seacrest. But that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Is he kind of like dissociates between host personalities? You know. Yeah. Like one of them is a is like a Ryan Seacrest or a 
Mario Lopez kind of thing. I would love to see what a Bravo channel looked like in the StarCraft universe. <laughs> right. Like, there would be, like, one where it's, like, you know, like, how in Bravo they have this show called Below Deck, which is about, like, you know, life on a yacht or whatever. But in the StarCraft universe, obviously it would be, like, life on a spaceship where the, mm-hmm. the crew are squabbling and it's a reality TV show about how the crew are all sleeping with each other and they hate each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a Zergling on the bow and, like, all that stuff. And um, someone takes takes the Zergling off to off to their captain's quarters yeah yeah to have some private time um and then there could be like you know there's like a kardashians where it's like follows the constantino clan and you know there's all that kind of bravo-esque stuff the constantino clan yeah of course constantino clan you know you always want to know what nova's eating for breakfast and her workout plan that's what I think the to. reason everyone watches UNN is because is because UNN just is all of these things already, mm. right? Like right, as far as I can, channel for everything. As far as I can tell, UNN uh, so provides all needs to all people. Like remember, Donna was you know she was all about like I need to know what what you know Clara Tara is wearing at her wedding. UNN's yeah. got UNN's got that for you. You know if you need to chill because you're too horny unn's got that for you right the whole the full spectrum of all needs that humans have somewhat unn is providing it if not now within the next 90 seconds it's gonna happen yeah it kind of sounds like the u.s idea of what the bbc is even though the bbc doesn't really operate that Mm. way where like the bbc is generally just like two channels one of them is like more serious than the other one's like entertainment the other is like news and factual entertainment and like they're both really (laughs) self-serious whereas like i think that the american idea of what the bbc is is like oh it's you know silly british stuff with silly british comedy (laughs) right well maybe once in a while yes i guess technically monty python showed on the bbc but it was like you know I think I remember my mom saying she was banned by her parents from watching Monty Python because it was too risque and it came on at 11 p.m. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But yeah, anyway, I do think UNN is, as you say, like this kind of draconian overlord of TV where it's like very Rupert Murdoch style. Um, but yeah, again, Fagan is watching UNN so that he can stop being so horny because <laughs> number six is not putting out which is weird. I guess if you did hear this news about, you know, Protoss and Zerg, uh, you probably would, you know, your boner probably would wilt a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Alien warfare. Yeah. Kind of a not. Downer. Yeah. Right. Um, so he put on UNN hoping it would give him a distraction. Unfortunately, they were showing one of those stupid talk shows. Fagan hated those. They didn't talk about anything that mattered to Fagan, especially right now. Well, I mean, Fagan, you could just put on some, you know, you could go to the VRcade and, you know, participate in some... Oh, yeah, that's going to calm him down. Wild times, if you yeah, really that's, wanted. Yeah, that, that's going to that's gonna get him less horny, sure. I mean, what I'm saying is get it out of your system, Fagan, you know? Um... Fagan can't... He's only... <sighs> I think that Fagin needs to see someone afraid of him in order to be turned on. I mean, that's clearly something the VR kid could supply. It's safer than his actual goings on with his, you know. Yeah, but no, I think. No, but I think he has one of these things where he needs to like witness genuine human terror from another from another sentient being. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what's, I think that's what he is looking for here. And maybe that's what number six wouldn't do. Number six wouldn't be, wasn't scared of him anymore. Yeah. Right? And he was like, well, now what's the fun? Yeah, like, look at my shark teeth. Isn't it so disgusting? Yes, Fagan, I know you have shark teeth. I, it's, we've done this like 30,000 fucking times. But they are like shark teeth. I know, Fig. Yes, no, I, I, yes, I, no, I get it. It's, it's, no, it's, and believe, like, I was really fucking freaked out by that, but we, I've been here for like, like five years, man. It's, I'm over it now. But no. <laughs> is 
just like, is that, is that how shark teeth people sound? It's just yeah, like, that's like a common shark tooth, uh, you know, ma- uh, speech mannerism. Well, what would he sound like if he was chewing gum? Uh, it would sound like... Right. You don't think he would get like lockjaw from like you know? I think he might get a lockjaw. All right. Does he ever like bite through his tongue or anything? Oh yeah, all the time. It sounds like this. I've bitten through, straight through my tongue. Oh, I like that he's like announced it so you can tell. Yeah, no, right. It's an important part. And that's a part of the freaking people, like, you know, freaking out his sexual partners. He's like, he bites, chews chews off his tongue. And that's like a part of his shtick, right? Right. Look at me. I have chewed off my tongue. Yes, Fagin, you've chewed off your tongue like a hundred times in front of me. It's like, I'm over it now. First 20 times, lost my fucking mind. Couldn't have been more freaked out by that shit. But now it's just not. Do you have anything else? I, 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 my teeth are like shark teeth. Okay, Fagan, I'm done. I'm out. I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna walk away. I got shit to do. All right. <laughs> this is, I have other things I can do with myself. Maybe there are benefits to being in the harem. Like, do they got like a fee? Like, what do they get? Do they get meals? Is there a meal time? You know, do they get special perks? Like what, you know, is the harem, like, do they get a benefits packet is what I'm really saying. They get a complimentary magazine subscription. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like a UNN magazine. Does UNN have a magazine too? (laughs) I mean, it's sure, they surely do. (laughs) I mean. Yeah, surely they do. They must do. They can't not have one. Right. It would be a gossip rag. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or like one of those things, you know, where like, you know, sometimes you got um, those like, you know, you get the stickers for like each of the famous generals and like each of the famous soldiers and like, you know, all the little the boy little boys are like all collecting. It's like a baseball situation where they're all like collecting the like shinies and the like, stickers and like maybe it's one of those. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, for the Terran army. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um so yeah, um for all Fagan knew or cared, Antigua Prime didn't even exist. Hell sometimes he wasn't entirely sure anything existed outside Tarsona City. Okay. In real okay. existential fucking over I know. here. Well the thing is, if Fagan's like, you know, he's watching UNN, he's like, Antigua Prime probably doesn't even exist. It's like, mm-hmm. first of all, where does Antiguan buffalo meat come from, Fagan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Faked? Like, where does it come from? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Do, Fagan, do you look around you and see buffaloes? Are you, <laughs> are you walking down the street and seeing buffaloes? Is that like a thing? No, you're not. Well, here's a crazy idea. Maybe the buffaloes are coming from a different fucking location. All right? <laughs> I mean, unless the buffaloes are, like, grazing in the middle of this urban sprawl. <laughs> now, that would be beautiful. That would be beautiful. Just getting slaughtered by party buses. Just part- <laughs> party buses just obliterating buffaloes left and right. But maybe the party buses are part of the harvest of the buffalo meat, right? So it could be that it's like a, you know, it's a city plan to, you know, cull those buffaloes off. So, you know, could be, yeah. could be there. Um, right, right. Um, but he left but I- yeah, this is this is like a space world here. So the idea that Fagin would be not especially a, aware that other things even existed, or think to himself like there might not even that you know that place might not even exist, is pretty dense minded for a man who is like a criminal overlord. You know, well, it's unclear to me as well as well whether this sentence is actually serious, right? So like when you say like. Sometimes he wasn't entirely sure anything existed out, outside of Tar- Tarzona City. Keith, does that, is that sarcastic? Like, basically, is it an exaggeration? Because if it is, it's basically just saying Fagan doesn't 
flat out care about anything that happens out outside of Tarsonis. It is yeah. essentially like he just couldn't give a shit, you know? Well, right. But, but the sentence, the sentence before it does say for all Fagan knew or cared, Antigua prime didn't even exist. So Keith did specifically draw a distinction there between knowing and caring. Right. Is this like, is this almost like when people now are like, you know, into QAnon and stuff because they don't really believe that a lot of the stuff that's on TV that's reported as fact is actually fact. Yeah. You know, maybe it's a similar situation in which, I mean, in many ways, obviously Keith was very forward looking. Um, as Subsuri noted, like a lot of this is about, you know, strongman politics and about, you know, these leaders taking over because there's kind of, you know, this, this bizarre kind of, um, apathy with the way that a lot of the government is is functioning and so yeah maybe it is true that you know fagan is essentially he's like you know this person who exists in a world where he really has come to believe in these conspiracy theories and is like well is this whole um zerg protest thing just like a big conspiracy to get my money to like scare me into doing something you know there i think it's you know it's acceptable to 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 actually evoke that kind of idea well there's an aspect of conspiracy theory where when you start to believe that a person or an entity is is lying to you uh or that they say or that they have you know ever lied to you before or something like that then it starts to get to a place where anything that that person says must necessarily be a lie right Hmm. so if you thought that unn was say spouting some amount of lies or half truths or whatever or inconsistencies then it would start to be like literally anything they say is false you know so the minute the minute that they're like and tarsonis city is one of multiple cities then fagan goes like I'm supposed to believe that I'm supposed to believe there are other places in the world other than Tarsana's. We <laughs> haven't, the humans have invented spacecraft. Yeah. Right. Prove it. Show it to me. You know? Um, so I don't know. Maybe he's on that kind of, you know, that recursive logic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I have lots of affection for Fagan simply because he is so dumb. <laughs> Yeah, no, Fig- no, Figan is absolutely becoming like one of my favorite characters in the book, which is surprising to me that, that I would say that, that yeah. I would hear my, that I hear myself saying those words. And, and I think it's, I, I think, hmm. Okay. Do you know the thing, the like, um, do you know the whole Ludo narrative dissonance in games conversation yeah. where it'll be like, oh, you're playing a character in Grand Theft Auto who is like, has a story where they are, you know, like trying to be a, trying to, look after a family member or whatever. And then the player starts playing the game and walks down the street and takes out a rocket launcher and blows up a fire truck and then, you know, parachutes onto a, you know, onto a motorcycle or something. So it's like the story is about something very different than what the player is actually doing. And it makes for this weird dissonance, right? Yeah. So Malcolm is like that to me. He's someone who is whose story and actions are like totally at odds with one another, right? Yeah. But Fagin is pretty consistent. You know, Fagin's actions and his story are actually kind of the same thing, which is him being a real radical idiot, you know? <laughs> yeah. And just just absolutely bungling uh his his frankly pretty elaborate uh uh, I don't know what you'd call this because he doesn't own it. He's not really like the Lord of anything. He's just a guy who happens to be scary enough that people listen to him. Right. Yeah. And, and he kills a lot of his own people. And so, you know, okay, great. Like that's, that's his story. His story is he's an idiot who kills his own people. So I, I just, I like the consistency of it. I like the straightforwardness of him. I like that there's nothing else for us to have to figure out or understand about his backstory. He's just not, nah, that's just Fagin, man. Yeah. I mean, he, he's very adorable in some, you know, hilarious ways. Uh, <laughs> but probably because he's so consistent, like, like you say. Like, like my shark teeth. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is my shaktif. It's shaktif. It is what. It is what makes me so adorable. 
<laughs> anyway, um, here we go. Uh, he's left this, you know, holograph running uh, of UNN. He left the holograph running in the middle of the room anyhow. He wasn't sure why. And what's the council's position on this latest revelation? They had previously announced that the Zerg were allied with the sons of Korhal, yet the Zerg have been attacking the planet indiscriminately. Um, Heddle jumped up and down in his chair, a bundle of nervous energy, something Fagin could relate to. Aw, that's so sweet. Um, Fagin is actually connecting with another human being. Aw, it's so adorable. For the first, for the first time in the entire, the entire book. A pudgy brown-haired man with a thin goatee, Heddle gestured wildly as he spoke. Obviously, the Korhalians have learned the lesson that should have been self-evident. Aliens aren't to be trusted. I mean, they're aliens. Sure, what are they doing to Antigua is inhuman, but let's face it, so are they. This is assuming you all, you buy all this, Schlesinger said. A pretty woman with dark hair and thin-rimmed spectacles said personally i didn't see any evidence that the zerg were allied with anyone on antigua prime they're just a bunch of killing machines arcturus mask is simply taking advantage of their attacks to further his own cause Heddle smirked and that's exactly the kind of treasonous actions that show max to be the reprobate we've always said he was Fagan laughed. He'd never heard anybody use the word rat probate in real life before. <laughs> now that's some funny crap stud. Funny, funny stuff. Ain't that right? Nobody answered. That confused him. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, I think he's... Okay, he's talking... Uh oh oh he's he's trying okay he's trying to talk to to his to his number six person not the the hologram oh yeah I thought he was talking to the hologram <laughs> but I love that you and I you and I okay I don't think the intention was for the reader to actually believe that Fagin would be so stupid that he tries talking to his hologram and it doesn't respond but that's exactly how I saw it. Like that's a hundred percent how I interpreted this was Fagin is talking to us talking to his hologram because I that's I completely see Fagin that way oh, as someone yeah. who would do that like I like he, like that's absolutely like if that were just what if that were just his character and he just kind of became this wacky screwball comedy character I like I would be that would totally work for me. I mean, I just love him. I don't know. At this point in the story, I'm just like, what are you going to do next, Fagin? Um, he turned around. He's and- that wacky Fagin. <laughs> What's wacky Fagin going to do next? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Not even Fagin. That's the <laughs> that's the theme for his, his, his screwball comedy TV show. Well, like what he does next is going to be amazing to you. He turned around and looked at the bed. Whoa! Number six was right where Fagin had left him. Well, again, that was number six's second mistake. (laughs) 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 Except for the large bullet wound in his chest. Oh, twist! Whoa! Funny, I don't remember shooting him. Jojo! Manx may be a reprobate, Schlesinger was saying, but that doesn't make him wrong. Are you Again, out of I like the, I, I, I like the idea that Fagin has to stop to think about whether or not he just killed his own harem member right then and there. Yeah, like he doesn't even remember. He's like, yeah, he's actually do a bit of like he's like, hang on, let me, let me, <laughs> let's 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 run back through this first. Well, he's like, it sounds like something I would do. This seems like something I would do. Like he looks, he looks at the body and he's like, and he's like, I may have been responsible for this. That's so funny. Um, yeah. So, uh, where are we? Oh yes. Um, are you out of what passes for your mind? Heddle looked ready to jump out of his chair on you and an, an attack Slashinger, which Fagin was actually rooting for, as it would spice things up. Everything he does is wrong. He stands against everything we hold dear. Getting annoyed at the lack of response, Fagin yelled louder, Jojo, where the flick are you? What? Fagin isn't, Fagin isn't 
worried about the fact that someone is in his room shooting people? But he thinks it's himself. <laughs> he oh he so he he does think it's himself. I think he probably does think he shot him. Um, what that's next? so oh my god, he's so dumb. Like <laughs> I was literally just I was literally just making the whole thing about how he thinks he's talking to the hologram, and he's yeah. not. But this is just as stupid as that. It is just as stupid. This is this is a hundred percent just as stupid as talking to the to the hologram and it yeah. not responding. What Max stands against is the council's inability to help its own people and to defend them against the alien attacks and its actions on Core Hall Four. So you're saying that the council stands for murder? How do made a sound like a bur- a bursting pipe? I don't know what that is. That like, yeah. <laughs> Right? Like, what? What? Hell, make it sound like a bursting pipe. Thanks. Can you imagine if someone was on a talk show and just made that sound? Just did that noise? Just did that noise? That's a sensationalistic oversimplification. But then I'd expect no less from a so-called journalist. Oh man. <laughs> So-called journalist. Um, it got that a lot when I was a video game journalist. Everyone was like, so-called journalist in quotation marks. And I was just like, yeah, okay. I'm I'm just, you know, I'm just write, writing as I see him. Um mm-hmm. Fagan was starting to get seriously cracked off. <laughs> what is is that sexual? I don't know. <laughs> um who walked over to the door, which slid open at his approach. Jojo, where the flick you at? One of his kids, he couldn't remember which one it was, but was pretty sure it was Sam, ran down the hall to him. Jojo ain't here, Fagin. You told him to go tell Francie about Harold. What the flick he do that for? The kid blinked. Uh, like I said, Fagin, you told him to... Fuck that, okay? He took his P220 out of his jacket pocket and pointed it at the kid's nose. You get his ass back here right now, okay? Or I will shoot you in the face, you scan me. Nervously, the kid said, No problem, Fagin. She backed off slowly while taking her phone out of her pocket. She called a number, waited a second. She's calling child line. That's what she's doing. <laughs> she said, Please rescue me. <laughs> I've had enough of this. This is I'm done now. Hey, Jojo, it's Danny. Eyes widening. Fagin started muttering to himself. Unusual for Fagin. Could have sworn it was Sam. Yeah, Danny was saying into the phone, Fagin says to come back to the square. Yeah, I know that, but now he wants you back. Okay. She disconnected and looked up at Fagin. He's coming back. Good. Fagin then fired seven shots into Danny's chest. Why does he murder everyone that he knows? Fuck Fagin. Jesus Christ. It's like if you had a mine, you were an owner of a mine, and you literally shot every miner you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like every like every one of them, like they're coming out of the mine. It's like the end of the day, you know, they've done their mining and they're like stepping out, and you just, you know, open fire (laughs) like with a machine gun on them as they're leaving right and then you're like that'll teach them to do less than what they could have done if they did more <laughs> oh god if you kill all right here's the law of here's the statistically and i can say this having having run a company statistically if you kill half your workforce the other the other half will work twice as hard to avoid being killed in the future right out of fear and then if you kill half of that workforce then they'll work an additional twice as hard right and so on until you're down to one person who's who's doing the work of a hundred people and that one person is the strongest person alive and that's just basic that's just basic company management. <laughs> thank you for thank you thank you for attending this 
Davies Management Seminar. Uh, we only have one person here today, uh, just like always. Fagan, <laughs> so happy to have you back again, once again. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how you are still coming back to these, but uh, just so happy to have you here. Let's talk about more of my tips for killing wantonly as many people or surrounding you as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think business wise, this 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 tactic is un, unsustainable. I would yes. say he's running an unsustainable business. <laughs> I would say yes. <laughs> but but the thing is, he uses these kids. These are like pre- these are like resources that he uses to like get like this is when Nova was when he was getting forcing Nova to work for him. He he threatened the kids. Having the kids there was an asset. So when he kills the kid, you know what I mean? He's like, it's literally like he's just removing his advance, the things that he can do from the, we've talked about this so many times. I don't know what else there is to say about it. Like, it's so wild to me that I, I just don't know. I, I keep trying to unpack more of this, but it's like, we've hit stone bottom now and I'm whacking my shovel at the stone and I'm like, there must be more. There must be something I've, that we're, we haven't uncovered here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, we're talking about Danny and she just died. So she fell to the floor dead. That's for pretending to be sad. <laughs> okay. But like, Fagan, you know, like what's even going on right now? <laughs> so Fagan um, literally doesn't know who he is or where he is or no. anything that's happening. He doesn't right. know. Like, let's just, we can stop the, we, like, we're not even, I'm not even joking anymore. I, this is like, this is like ostensibly a comedy podcast type thing. And we're joking and expanding on the universe in wacky, dumb ways. But like, we can set that aside for a second, right? Like, yeah. we can, we can, we can put that aside. This isn't a joke. Fagan does not know who he is or where he is or what's going on or anyone around him or what's right. happening. Yeah. He's a literal sociopathic murderer with amnesia who has been given a tremendous amount of weapons and only kills the people near him, like physically close to him. Yeah. You is- know? He's, he's gone off the rails for sure. I mean, I don't know how he got this far in his business model, but he You know, you know who you know who you know who Fagan is if I'm combining me if I'm combining characters from media. Fagan is a combination of Joffrey from Game of Thrones with the guy from Memento. Yeah. Right? Like he's a like game exact. He's <laughs> <laughs> Got him. That's an in joke for any game developers listening. <laughs> He's a sociopathic killer with no long term memory. Yeah, right? a video game exact. Yeah, a video. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So I just don't know what else there is to say because, like, he's he's just like within the fiction of the book, he is so wildly off the rails that it's absurd. <laughs> yeah. Um, he went back into the room where Heddle was saying, Mexican actions are treasonous. In light of these alien attacks on our soil, we need to come together as Confederates. Instead, he's weakening us by not throwing his support behind the rightful leaders of humanity. Fagan was really getting tired of the way everyone was acting. He didn't get it. It was like they all went crazy all at once. He never used to have to kill people before. Sure, having Nova Ryan made part of the difference, thanks to her. He knew what people were really thinking. Oh, yeah. He literally just killed a person for thinking that her name was Sam. He can't, like, is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you have a psychic you have a psychic and you don't know who what their what the person's name is. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, um, maybe the problem isn't with everyone else, Fagan. Yeah. Why does why does everyone else want to die so much? It's weird. <laughs> is he having some kind of trip? Like, is he taking a drug? I don't know. I'm that's what I'm thinking. Like, I think that this is now veering into like he's experiencing an actual like psychotic episode, like canonically in the thing. Is is he's going is he's having a, a thing here? Yeah. Hmm. Schlesinger laughed. 
rightful? By what right exactly? The council doesn't work with any kind of mandate from the people. Like it or not, plenty of confederates like what Manx has to offer offer a hell of a lot more than the council's been ever to ma- able to manage. Manx has promised freedom and liberty, snorting, Heddle said, like he'd be able to provide that. Doesn't matter if he can. You simply got to convince people that he'll do a better job than the Confederacy has. Right now, that's a pretty convincing argument since all the Confederacy's provided pe- people is poverty, death, destruction, and invasion. This sounds like, uh, you know, like kind of, like, you know, this is like Star Starcraft lore kind of porn or like, you know, it's definitely like going further into what's going on in the universe outside, which to me sounds like, you know, interesting to... You know, anyone who's interested in StarCraft lore? I've just invented a new word. I guarantee nobody has ever thought of this word before. I am definitely the first uh-huh. one to think of it. The word is lornography. Lornography, yes. It's lornography. That's exactly <laughs> that is, what it is. That's my word. And if you want to use it, you have to get permission from me. I think that Subsurian should put it on the wiki. It was invented today. Lornography. And it was invented the reading of this book. Yes. I will accept your gratitude and thanks. If you want to thank me for inventing this word, email us at theinspirationalquarterly at gmail.com. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. That, Fagan realized, was the problem. People weren't able to keep their thoughts to themselves. And they hated that. So they got all crazy. So crazy that Fagin just had to kill them. Wasn't nothing to be done about it. If it weren't for the Confederacy, Heddle was saying, the human race would be dead now. When we crash-landed, Fagin aimed his P-220 at the holograph. He kept firing after it exploded into a fiery shower of sparks that made spots dance in front of his eyes. He stopped firing only when the weapon dry-clicked. How'd I run out of ammo so fast? Danny? No, that's right. I just killed Danny for pretending to be Sam, stupid curve. <laughs> Sam! Sam, now get he your ass in here, okay? Now, for, for some reason, now he remembers. <laughs> yeah, he just, he didn't even remember he killed this kid. A few seconds later, Sam came running in. What happened to Danny? Flick Danny, okay? Find the blonde, get her in here. Okay. Sam sounded nervous. With What's a voice wrong? like that, that, Sam is definitely going to get killed. I know, he's, he's, yeah. What's wrong? Nothing. Honest, Fagin, nothing's wrong. Not a damn thing, really. Don't worry. Good. As Sam turned around to go fetch Nova, Fagin called out, And get me some more ammo! Because <laughs> he's used it all up, killing practically everyone he knows. I need to kill you, but I don't have any ammo to do it. So go get some and bring it here and then I'll kill you, okay? Is Nova just like controlling Fagin now? Is that, is that what's happening? Maybe, maybe she's she's mind control on Fagin or something. That's that's not that's not the worst uh, idea in the entire world. I mean, I'm just saying I'm very clever, Davy. So I don't know if you want to go against my takes here, but you know, I yeah, would... I am going to go against your take. Okay. This is part of Fagin's genius plan. Okay. Fagin, Fagin is actually a genius, and all of this is the unfolding of an incredibly elaborate master plot that will go incredibly well for him in the end. Okay. So, That's a good we've, let's, we've taken our sides. Right. Okay. Well, let's see if these calls uh, play out. All right. Dropping his P220 on the floor, Fagin started rubbing the bridge of his nose between his thumb and his forefinger. The headaches had been getting worse lately. The jackions he was taking weren't doing crap. Time to the find follicle stunter. <laughs> the follicle stunter. Maybe like we you know, know that hair hair is the source of headaches. If <laughs> I can that. stop the hair, then the headaches will stop too. But <laughs> Nova's been like slowly filling the injections for his hair stunter, like up with like <laughs> a bunch of like radioactive crap. <laughs> yeah. Time to find me a new phar- pharmacist. This keeps up. When Nova came in, Fagin laughed. Most of her pretty was gone, which was how Fagin liked it. When it came to sex, 
he wanted pretty, but when it came to his kids, he just wanted them to do what they was told. As far as he was concerned, Nova, or rather the blonde, since he liked the idea that her ID had been wiped away, was one of his kids, and she looked like hell. Bags under her green eyes, her skin all pale, her hair a mess. Perfect. It's weird, though, because Nova's not really a child. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... I mean, are all these other kids... Well, she's like 15, or... Right? 16, I guess, 15? I, guess she, I guess she is a child, but she's she's been, you know, killing yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, she probably has grown up quite a bit very quickly. Nothing um, nothing, nothing grows a kid up like murdering 74 people. Right, she's going to murder these. As the these saying goes. 74 people. Um, it won't work, you know, she said without preamble. What won't work? any of this everything you've done since you forced me to become your teep has just made your position worse and it's going to end badly for you you don't know that i know everything julius dale who spooky he pulled out his p220 shut up that ain't my name Ooh, she's called him by his weird name that he didn't like because he's called julius and it's a bit feminine Mm-hmm. He's very upset. Yeah, he's super mad now. He's super mad. She smiled. Your gun's empty. Oh, crap. A shiver of fear ran through Fagin's body as he thought that Morwood's device had stopped working and she could read his thoughts. And that meant he had no protection. Calm down, she said. Sam said you needed ammo. Fagin breathed a sigh of relief. Then he touched a control on the wrist of the device. Nova was good enough to scream really, really loudly and collapse to her knees. Fagin never got tired of seeing that. Through clenched teeth, sweat beating on her brow, her face turning red, Nova said, It's going to end soon. He stopped the pain. What makes you say that? After taking a moment to catch her breath, Nova stared up at him with tear-streaked green eyes. I can't read your thoughts, but I can read everyone else's. Remember six months ago when we first met? I told you that one of your most trusted lieutenants is going to kill you. That's going to happen soon. Barking a laugh, Fagin said. Don't go fogging me, Curve. You're a teep. I've been reading up on you. You can read minds and stuff, but you can't see the future. Nobody can do that. Future's what we make it. Why is vegan become Philo- like philosophical? Yeah, no, that's what I was gonna say, Mister Philosophical over here. Like he's he just killed a child and then forgot that he didn't kill his or did he kill? Like now I don't even know. Did he kill number six? I don't even know. I don't like, know. I don't even like now. Like now that we've been through this, I'm looking back and I'm like, he must have done. He must have. Killed number... Did he kill number six? <laughs> I don't know. He's just like... He's so like doolally. He's just... I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell. Uh, yeah, Like he... But then now suddenly... Well, the future is what we make of it. We are our own beings. Moving through time and space in ways unknowable to the grander picture of all things. Fuck you, Fagin. You don't know anything. You don't you don't know the future. You also don't know the past. You also don't know the present. You're he's he, he is sort of weirdly philosophical in the sense that he knows literally nothing. Yeah. Right? It's like he's like a Buddhist taken to an to a, a kind of outrageous extreme of actively undoing all knowledge of anything that he has, you know? He hasn't just let go of his needs and wants. He has let go of any perception of the world in any way at all. Yeah. Oh, man. Aw, oh. damn it, Fagin. <laughs> yeah. um, I know that, and I know what future you've made for yourself. Giving her a dismissive wave, Fagin said, Get the hell out of here. Nova slowly got to her feet and left without a word. She's been useful, but damn, she makes me crazy. Women, right? <laughs> Women, right? These broads, what are they doing? 
These broads coming in and telling me that my empire is going to collapse if I keep murdering all my people. <laughs> Women. I uh, know. Crazy. Uh, but yeah, crazy. Uh, that is the first part of chapter 15. Very exciting. Hell yeah. Um, this was like, I mean, like, this is actually Fagin is just fully sociopathic. It, or like unraveling rather. properly. Yeah, right. Like I now, I'm now looking back at these previous pages, and I think he did kill number six. It's just he. I just I can't believe I needed to reread this to understand that. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're like sort of in Fagan's mind at this point, so it is like deliberately unclear of what is happening. Is this what fit like when Nova read his mind earlier? Is this the kind of stuff that she could see? Like just a radical lack of any perception at all? Or, you know, has he become more like this over time? I think he's just got more like this. Um I mean, to be fair, we didn't know too much about Fagan at the beginning of the book. Yeah. So we just knew like that he existed and that um he was a he's a dick most of the time <laughs> yes um well i guess that's that that's that uh did we make friends we did make friends we made friends with um our our unn reporters counselor shannon or Edward Heddle, Jennifer Schlesinger, and uh, of course our hosts, E.B. Games. Oh yeah, E.B. Games. Video James. Video James. Um, yeah, uh, that makes 20 weeks in a row that we have met a, a new person every single, every single week. So there you go. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, if you want to email us, you can email us at theinspirationalquarterly at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. Anything else? That's it. That's this one. You're yeah. done now <laughs> listening to it. So <laughs> time to stop the podcast. Uh-oh. Here it here it comes. You're about to be done listening. And it's over. <laughs>